0: Welcome to the Off Lead Podcast, presented by Gun Dog Outpost. My name is Tyler Meaden, and I'm your host. On this episode, we have Zach Weaver on. Zach is a guide at Texas Fowl Outfitters, which is in Texas. You could pick that up there. Uh, and we are talking about taking a guided waterfall hunt, something I've never done, something I'm super curious about. Uh, and essentially what we do is we talk about everything you need to do if you want to take a guided waterfall hunt uh, everything from research to what to pack uh to what you should t- what you should expect on the actual hunt i personally learned a ton from this and uh, i think if i think you will too if you haven't done a guided hunt before uh, it's 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 a good one uh, just one quick note with it my internet provider is slowing down my internet speeds at night so i had to go to plan b for recording so there are a few minor technical issues With the podcast, good thing is you're going to be able to hear Zach clearly, which means all of the information that you're here to listen for is in there and at your fingertips. So give it a listen. Let me know what you think. Now, before we get there, though, we have to talk about sponsors. So first, Gundog Outpost, the store that is all about living that gundog lifestyle. www.gundogoutpost.com is where you'll find that store second is hoist aka ib level hydration in a bottle this is what i'm drinking to rehydrate after a good training session or a hunt there's you guys are still doing game farm hunts out there uh actually the weekend of march 13th i'll be participating in a chucker challenge it's a speed hunt competition so you know i'll be sucking down some hoist after my runs probably on the way home they'll be spending the entire day outside and the good thing is, or the really cool thing is, they came out with a new bottle, and it is fire. Uh, huge fan. Um, I love their product, love their stuff. Uh, if you want to get Hoist to try, uh, head over to drinkhoist.com, use the code GUNDOGOUTPOST, all caps, one word, to get 10% off your order today. Now, last, but certainly not least, is Dakota 283 Kennels. They're the newest sponsor. And if you're looking for a premium, high quality kennel for your gun dog, look no further. All the kennels are one piece Roto Mold design. Uh, I've got the G3 that I'm putting through the paces. Uh, one thing that I'm really, really growing to like is the built in handle on top. Um, so, w- what I do with my kennels, I'm, I'm constantly transporting it you know, out of my garage, back into my truck, maybe inside my house, then back into. Garage back into the back of my truck. Uh, this handle uh, makes this kennel really easy to move. And so, portability is becoming uh, ever more important for me. And uh, Dakota 283 made the G3 with portability in mind. So, if you are in the market for a kennel, um, what I need you to do is head over to dakota283.com and see what they have to offer. Better yet, if you are ready to make a purchase, use the code GDO10, all caps, GDO10, to get 10% off your order. All right, intro is over. Let's go ahead and dive into this episode. Zach, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Tyler. It's nice to be here, man. Yeah, I really appreciate you taking time out of your very busy life to jump on here. And as we get started, why don't you give your your name, uh, where you're located, um, what kind of gig you're you're running? Um, give some background on yourself.
1: Absolutely. Uh, so I'm Zach Weaver. Uh, born and raised in Central Illinois, and then uh, I relocated. Uh, the Central Texas area uh, due to the Army. I joined the Army six, seven years ago, and in Fiasco, I met uh, the owner of Texas Fowl Outfitters, uh, who I now guide for and have guided for for several years now. Uh, Texas Fowl Outfitters is located in Northeast Texas. Uh, which I'm sure you, Tyler, have seen I me mean, put a lot of content on Instagram from yes. Northeast Texas, South <laughs> Oklahoma, West Oklahoma, that entire region. Uh, we do waterfowl hunts, you know, ducks, geese. Uh, we do turkey hunts in the spring, pig hunts during the spring and summer. Uh, we kind of we kind of dabble in it all, man. Do you guide
0: uh, just ducks and geese, or are you also dabbling in, in some of the other game?
1: I do it all. Uh try to be a jack of all trades. Uh, I've been waterfowl hunting since I was six years old was when I first went on my first duck hunt, uh, turkey hunting since I was probably seven or eight years old. And Pig hunting's kind of new to me. Uh, but there's not much to that, thankfully.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. And is guiding your, your full-time thing?
1: No, it is not. Uh, so during the, during the off season, I reside in Back in Central Illinois, uh, my wife and I moved back here uh, this last year when I got out of the army, uh, so she could finish up school. And then, uh, and during the off season, I just kind of, kind of meddle around and do some mods and end stuff to get me by till duck season, and then back on the road. And so during during the
0: season, are you driving from Central Illinois to
1: uh, Northern Texas regularly? Yes. So uh, basically my role at the Outfitters kind of shifted a little bit uh, with me moving back to Illinois. Uh, I can't be there as much as I used to be. I used to be there probably four to to five days, maybe even a whole week at a time before, you know, coming back to the wife and and hanging out for a day or two before, you know, before returning back. But uh, recently or this last season I spent Probably about 25 or 30. I spent about half the season down in Texas. And uh, I would just commute there, stay for a week, you know, how, however long I was needed, and then commute, commute back to Illinois. Because it's just like any business, there are busy times, and there's, there's not so busy times. And if, uh, if I know that we've got a good, strong push of clients coming in and Tyler needs down in Texas, i go to Texas.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Can I, can I request you by name?
1: No, absolutely, yeah, okay, absolutely, okay. uh, yeah, I, Tyler will. Uh, I, that's the owner of the outfitter's name is Tyler. He'll uh okay. he makes requests and books. He handles booking and all that stuff. He's a real busy dude. So I'm, uh, I'm sure he
0: is. Um, which we'll talk more about that in, in just a little bit. But how, okay, how long is that drive?
1: From me, that is ten hours and twenty seven minutes.
0: You've got it down to the minutes. Yeah. What about what about seconds?
1: That, that I don't know. That I don't know. It's uh, it's about ten hours and twenty seven minutes according to Apple Maps, uh, from me to Bonham, Texas, and then uh, recently or towards the end of the the waterfowl season, I started guiding in uh, far west Oklahoma, west of uh, west of OKC, about thirty minutes in a town called Weatherford. Uh, oh, okay. We aren't uh, we aren't a typical outfitter, and we kind of travel with the birds. So if, okay. if I find, if if I don't have anything for you to hunt in North Texas, uh, we'll be honest with you and just let you know, like, Hey, if, if you're willing to travel, I can put you on birds. If not, then we're going to have to cancel. Uh, cause I'm, I'm not, we're not in the business of running dud hunts, That doesn't do well for business.
0: I, uh, I imagine not, uh, not at all. Um, okay. Before we talk more about guiding though, I gotta, I gotta ask about dogs. Absolutely. Right uh because obviously i'm you know we'll get to this and why we share a bit of a commonality with dogs but how many dogs do you own three three okay and what are their names and breeds
1: so i have three labs two of which are fox reds and then one is a yellow uh i've got blue which you know from instagram he's uh yes he's always on my instagram he is my go-to uh and then i've got bella And then I've got Mondo. Uh, Mondo does not hunt. That was a dog that I bought before I knew what I was doing. And uh, Mm -hmm. that to no fault of his own, will not, or doesn't really, he didn't really have a passion for that. Uh, Okay. And uh, Blue and Bella kind of take turns throughout the whole year. I lean on Blue a little bit heavier, but uh, Bella's a, a darn good dog too. Blue's two, Bella's three, and Mondo's four. Okay. And did you
0: train uh, Blue and Bella yourself?
1: I trained Bella myself. Uh, Blue was sent to a kennel in Missouri, Triple B Retrievers, and uh, that man, that I, did he went over over the top with Blue. Uh, that's it's kind of sad being twenty six years old, knowing that you've got the best dog you're gonna own. Uh, <laughs> he's uh, he's he's incredible he's uh he's a he's a looker too um
0: <laughs> and I, uh which i mean i obviously have an affinity for fox red labs. Yeah. since mac is a fo- yep. a dark fox red lab much like blue i love that look um, man i do too I, I really do um okay but i have to ask he's a dark fox red color how did he get named
1: blue i w dude to be honest with you uh <laughs> It was when my, my wife and I first got married, I, I had, I just looked at her and I said, I want a red lab named blue. And I, the day before was my first time ever seeing a Fox red lab. I had no clue that they even existed. And, uh, it was just such a cool, such a cool look. And, uh, I, would always heard after researching them, I, I heard nothing but great things about their, about the ability and, uh, you know, some, some breeds you'll hear some downsides on just genetically, but I'd never never found anything bad about a red. And I just said, we're getting the Fox red lab and I'm naming them blue. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mm-hmm. like the irony. Uh, some people, some people don't see it as funny as me, but whatever.
0: I like it. I, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different like jokes and puns and things you can do with that, especially if you're trying to get, uh trying to be funny or cute on social media. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um Okay. So blue and Bella, are your your two dogs, are they always accompanying you when you're out guiding? Uh,
1: not both of them. So okay. typically I run, I will only run one dog uh, okay. unless I have a group larger than seven. Okay. Seven is my cutoff. If I'm running a okay. group of six or seven, I'm running blue uh, just because that he, he won't quit. Uh, he just doesn't have it in him. Uh, both of them are well conditioned, uh, but blue just he just doesn't stop so i feel more comfortable handling him when he's tired uh mm-hmm. so if i'm running a group of six or seven it's just blue if i'm running more than that it's typically both dogs uh okay. which becomes a fiasco as i'm sure you can imagine. <laughs> they're both they're both very well trained but uh that little competition kind of sparks in them and every now and then oh yeah every now and then you've got some some cat herding to do but they, they, they both do very well. And, uh, I, I mean, for instance, I've got a group of clients that comes and hunts with me and, uh, they request me by name every year. And they, the, for the first year, they didn't request me by Zach. They said, oh, we want to hunt with blue. And Tyler <laughs> said, oh you want to hunt with Zach? And they're like, yeah, that's that kid's name. Uh, <laughs> we, we want to hunt with blue. Uh, so, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it, but a dog can make a hunt. Uh, it, it, it absolutely can. Yeah, no. And it's, it's
0: funny how um, people know your dog better than they know you at times. Yeah, uh, you know, you if your dog is memorable and who's who's very memorable. So how many how many birds? And before we, we're going to dive into guiding here in a second, mm-hmm. um, that's what I really need to know personally. It is about taking a guided uh, hunting trip. and But before that, I need to know, how many birds did Blue and Bella pick up this past season?
1: Uh, this past season? Let me check. I've got it written down. Uh, this past season, 2021 season, Blue picked up 307, <laughs> and Bella picked up 117. Wow. So you can tell in the numbers, I lean on Blue a little heavier than I do Bella. Uh sure. But she was also in heat during season. And yeah, uh well she doesn't act right, nor does Blue act right when he's around her. So we kinda <laughs> we just kinda nick that and uh, we just kinda nick that before we even get there. Yep.
0: Uh-huh. Enough said, yeah, you don't I mean yeah, they get uh, they get stupid when that happens. There's one thing
1: sure. on both their minds and it's not a duck. Nope. Nope.
0: That's the only time there a duck is not on their minds. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Okay, so Blue and Bella um, are obviously, you know, well-conditioned and, you know, tremendous dogs for you. Now, if someone is going to take a guided trip, we're going to go right into this. Because mm-hmm. um, I really, like, where should they start? Like, how should people research? Like, uh, you know, honestly, it sounds, where
1: and when. and It sounds Ooh. cliche, but pick, pick, a, pick a region you want to hunt and then mm-hmm. get, to, get on Facebook. Uh, there's, a, there's a Facebook group for literally everything. I mean, there's you know, North Texas Duck Hunters, South Texas Duck Hunters, East Arkansas Duck Hunters, Central Illinois Duck Hunters. I mean, there's, there's a Facebook group for everything. And one thing that you can't escape is the reputation that you have. So if you post in one of those groups and just say, hey, I'm thinking about booking a hunt. Uh, has anybody heard of this outfitter? Uh, you know, or get on that outfitter's Facebook page and look at the reviews. Uh, we encourage every client that we run, whether they have a good hunt or a bad hunt, because no matter how good you are hunting waterfowl, you're going to have a bad hunt. Uh, we encourage every client we have to leave for you, whether it's good or bad. We need, we need that feedback. Uh, so look on the Outfitters Facebook page, look for, you know, the Facebook page for the region you're hunting and, and ask for requests because odds are somebody's got a good or bad experience and at least they can let you know who to stay away from or who to, who to go to. Okay. Okay.
0: Um, that's, that's not what I was expecting, but that's, that's really interesting and and good to know. And then like, how, how much background, like how much research does, does one need to have is, you know, just a post, you know, in one of those Uh, region groups going to be enough. I mean, you're going to get enough comments.
1: Absolutely not. Uh, so take, I would take, you know, if you do go the Facebook poster out and people start making recommendations, get on the company's website and, and kind of dig into you know, dig into their hunts and see, see how they're doing, you know, get on their Facebook page on their Instagram and kind of see how they're doing and call the owner. Uh, I'm, I can't speak for every outfitter out there, but I know for us, if you call Tyler and say, Hey, like, I'd like to book a hunt. And it's during the season. He's going to tell you, uh, you know, okay, we've got openings or he's going to say, it's not worth coming. Uh, I, I have nowhere to run you. Uh, so look, look for, look, just look for that kind of stuff on their. As as far as when you when you speak to the owner, kind of kind of try to get a gauge for him as well, because he represents that company.
0: Okay. Okay. I think that's I think that's good. I think the other thing I like speaking with people just because usually when I'm talking to someone on the phone, I can get a I can get a sense of what they're like and if you know you can tell if somebody's trying to dodge you,
1: you know, or if somebody's skating around the truth, you can you can tell. And uh, as with everything, there's good apples and bad apples in the outfitting community. Uh, Sure. I just, I would, I would start now. If you're looking to book a hunt this fall or winter, start now, start diving into where you want to hunt, who you want to hunt with, and looking for recommendations. Uh, and I, that's, I start as early as you can.
0: So if I want to take a trip, you know, uh, this fall, I should really, I, basically after we're done recording tonight, I should go and start making some posts and asking for recommendations depending in whatever regions I thinking about going to. I
1: absolutely would. Uh, uh, for, we, we typically, I wouldn't say we don't, we don't necessarily advertise that our books are open uh, quite yet, just because uh, it is nice to have a little time to relax. Uh, yes. But a lot of guys open their books the day, season, the day season closes. They open their books for the next year. A lot of guys do it in mm-hmm. February, March. I, I would say February, March is kind of your typical time frame if that outfit because yeah. for us with our region we don't really deal with spaces. uh so we're not really busy during february march so we kind of take our repeat clients february march give them first dibs and we open our books april may okay uh, okay and
0: what what did you 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 cut out a little bit what did you say that um you, you don't deal with in february we
1: don't do we don't we don't really have great success on snow goose hunts so we just don't ah them.
0: snow goose okay. yeah so
1: we kind of transition into pigs uh during during that time frame, pigs and getting ready for turkey season.
0: Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um and then how much should should you know I be budgeting?
1: So it's pretty as far as the cost of the hunt, I would say that kind of depends on that kind of depends on where you're going. Uh okay for us, we we charge $250 a gun. $250 I've found is pretty typical of across the outfitting community uh and i believe that and 250 hundred that's not that's i mean that's not scraps that's a, that's a decent chunk of money especially and that's just the hunt uh i mean yep. and some people want lodging and some people want uh you know there's 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 a ton of different options you can do you can go on combo hunts and stuff like that so i mean for a regular duck hunt i think 250 to 300 dollars, even 350 dollars i don't think you should you should shy away from because just as with everything else you get what you pay for and when you pay a good chunk of money uh, you're getting private land you're getting land that's not hunted every day you're getting you're getting guys out scouting you're you're getting a a, an actual experience not just a hunt uh and that's kind of what what we try to provide okay okay
0: no i mean that that makes that makes sense and uh, you know, essentially, what you're saying is, if you see something that's too good to be true, like here's a, you know, here's a guided hunt for, you know, a hundred, a $1. buck twenty-five uh, per gun, maybe be
1: wary. I absolutely would. Uh, I know on some of the on some of the sites I'm on, on some of the pages I'm on on Facebook, a lot of guys advertise hundred dollars or hundred and fifty dollar hunts, and typically they're hunting public land, uh, which that no no fault of their own i mean i'm sure they kill birds uh but if i'm paying for a hunt personally i don't want to hunt something that i can get beat to uh I, I i would prefer to hunt private land if i'm paying for a hunt obviously being a guide i've got a little higher standard for if i was to pay for a hunt but uh, yep. i would prefer land that's regulated and and managed and and scouted and and done right now i don't want to show up one day and worry that the birds got blown out of there the day before.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes, uh, makes a, a whole bunch of sense. Okay. All right. So if I want to do, you know, a three day hunt, I know I'm need to spend, you know, roughly seven fifty, um, you know, and then onwards and upwards for lodging and, and food and that sort of thing. Um, I know I need to start researching now, when do I need to book? Like, what is, what is the time frame? Like, should I, should I try to book at, by the end of March here? Should it be, do I, is it okay if it's April or May before I book something and make it official? Yeah. I mean,
1: that's absolutely okay. Uh, I, I've only worked for, for Texas foul Outfitters, so I'm not sure how other people do it. But for us, our, our repeat clients kind of get a little bit of priority. I told you earlier, we don't really open our books. We aren't going to turn you down. Yep. Uh, we don't right. advertise, uh, But Mm -hmm. I would go back to the whole when you should research thing. And the earlier, the better, because it Mm -hmm. it fills up quick. Uh, You get having the phone just rings off the hook from May to duck season. Okay. okay.
0: Um, That's uh, I believe I believe that piece. Right. Because, you know, in the end, there's, you know, I'm sure there's you get a lot of calls from people who are last minute. Oh, yes. Right. Oh, yeah
1: you know hey you you got anything next week or next month or we um, do our best to accommodate but uh there's a lot of work that goes into hunts and uh you know the scouting and the 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 brush and blinds and the preparation and all that stuff that goes into a hunt and if you call us the night before and you want put out on birds the next day uh it's hard to do uh not saying we haven't done it but it uh (laughs) definitely make you pull a couple of hairs out trying to get everything together but at the end of the day that's I mean I I enjoy it it's a challenge yep
0: uh so uh let's let's dive into that for a second I want to know more about more about like uh, you and how much time you put in so how much uh, how much preparation does go into how much
1: scouting time are you putting in Oof, man so that depends on honestly it depends on the birds and I mean, as a, as a waterfowl outfitter, that's how everything should revolve around. Everything should revolve around, you know, what the birds are doing. And if we've got, if I've got birds and we're stacked up on birds, I could be done scouting by 10 AM. You know, I mean, I could, mm-hmm. that that could be it. But if, if I'm hard pressed on birds, there were days this year where I would run a hunt until about nine or 10 AM. We'd get done hunting and then I'd be on the road until sundown. Uh, I, I would I would have enough time to stop and grab something to eat. And then I'd drive the rest of the day and put putting four or 500 miles on my truck a day, trying to find ducks. Jeez. It's, it can be rough on a year like this, uh, North Texas. It was, it was tough. Uh, we were, we were hard up for birds, quite a few, quite a few busy weekends. Uh, <clears throat> but you, I mean people pay for a hunt and that's what you got to make happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so,
0: okay, we'll, we'll get to more of the preparation piece here because it's going to, I think it's going to flow, uh, with a couple questions that I have just a little bit down the road here. Um, but all right. So say I book a hunt, right? I book a hunt with, with Texas File outfitters. I request you, um, say I request, I don't know, maybe I'm going to request a, a, you know, mid
1: January mm-hmm. hunt. What do I need to pack? So I always tell anybody that, that is just in contact with me that it's safe to bring anything that you think you may need. And by that, I mean waders, okay. muck boots, set insulated bibs. I mean any, any, any sort of piece of clothing because honest, to, to be God's honest with you, I don't know where you're hunting until the day before. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't pick a field or pick a pond or pick a, a body of water or anything like that in October and just be like, yep, yeah, this is where Tyler's hunting in January. Uh, and so, I mean, I, I just, I tell people to bring to dress for everything and it being in North Texas, it could be, I mean, you saw the weather that was in North Texas last week. Uh, uh, yeah. But I mean, it could be, you know, 10, 15 degrees or it could be 65 and beautiful. Uh, I've just, I've got no handle on it, but the the night before the hunt I will be more it kind of explicit with what you need I'll tell you hey bring your waders or hey you'll be fine on a pair of rubber boots or wear your loafers I don't care you won't need them uh so it just it all depends on where we're hunting but typically if you're on a hunt with myself uh I will I will make you as comfortable as I can so if you absolutely don't need to wear waders I'll tell you not to bring them and you won't touch a thing uh but if I need you to stand in a little bit of water, uh, I'm going to do, you paid me to put you on ducks. I'm, I'm going to do yep. whatever I can to make that happen. Even if it's sacrificing a little bit of your comfort.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, part of being a little uncomfortable, makes for a better. I experience, agree with that. More memorable experience. Like, uh, you know, um, <laughs> you, you, I guess my view is you're, you're paying for, you're paying for an experience. Not I
1: absolutely honest. agree with that.
0: Um, I just, you know, like I should be a little bit cold or a little bit wet or something. I mean, I should have to, you know, hike in somewhere or, or trek through a bunch of muck or mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, that's, I would, I almost want that. Um, otherwise, you know, it goes back to like uh, this low grade fun versus high grade fun. I'm going to get off on like some tangent, but, you know, low grade fun is like the, um, get on a roller coaster, right. Super exhilarating, but I don't remember, I don't remember like any of the roller coasters that I rode when I was at Disney, like 20 years ago when I was 12 or um, high grade fun. Like, you know, I've, I've, you know, done some hiking in in Rocky mountain national park and it was like an all day, you know, grind, you know, 10, 12 miles up to, you know, um, 12,000 feet that's memorable. That's high Absolutely. grade. Fun. Um, it was painful. It was amazing. It was exhilarating, you know, uh, sitting there cold, you know, in some cold water, wearing waders, you know, shivering. I, you know, I will, I would be the one to probably get waders into my boots. So my feet are going to be cold for hours on end. Um, but that's memorable, you know, shooting a little bit of ducks while with wet feet, mm-hmm. that's memorable. Um, so anyway, um, sorry well, for the tangent there but i right. <laughs> i uh i my other my other thought is um i love how if i booked with you i'm not going to know where i'm going until the next day that gives me confidence um because that means that you're working to put me on birds and not just putting me oh, in yeah. a spot um
1: i mean we've got we've got that. bodies of water that we hunted this year for the first time in years you know i mean it's just we we've got a couple a couple go-tos that we can count on, but for the, for the most part, uh, it's just, we take it day by day, you know, uh, and that's, Mm -hmm. that's kind of how you have to do it. Mm -hmm. Well, you guys are doing Mm -hmm. the work, right? I mean,
0: you know, (laughs) you, I mean, he just told me that you're guiding out until nine or 10 in the morning and spending the rest of the day on the road. That sounds, um, that sounds like you drink a lot of coffee. I do.
1: I do. Uh, we, you know, we're, we're on with all these companies, but for the life of me, I can't figure out why we're not on with Folgers and monster energy. You know, it's just, (laughs) I mean,
0: um, (laughs) I, 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 so I'm just thinking about if I go out and I, and I do a haunt in the morning and I'm done at nine or 10 o'clock, I'm usually pretty tired the rest of the day last thing I want to do is spend six to eight hours. Mm-hmm. The there's
1: sometimes there's sometimes of the year where we've got to where for me, for instance, I'll, there's some days where I'll go two or three days in a row where I run a duck hunt in the morning and a goose hunt in the afternoon. And uh, I've got to count on, you know, the other guides within the outfitter to, to kind of do my scouting for me. And uh, mm-hmm. which isn't, isn't a problem. It's, it's a very close knit little family we've got. Uh, but I mean it's it's at the end of, you know, you get a day off at the end of, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight days, however many days you go in a row, and it's uh it's kind of a breath of fresh air. But mm-hmm. the, the day after the I last bet. day of duck season, you wake up and wonder why you're not there. That <laughs> nah, tells me you are uh, a I, I do. Town. Uh I do. I am excited to to get back down there and do that, do it full time. Mm-hmm mm-hmm i
0: can i can hear that uh certainly so okay let's get back to let's get back to where i was before i took us down a couple of rabbit holes there all right so what to pack is anything that you may need basically any piece of um equipment or clothing that you own probably my reckon my recommendation or my interpretation of mm-hmm. what you said um then i show up the day before um and I get in touch with you. Yeah.
1: So, uh, so typically I'll, I'll get in touch with you, uh, either the day before, two days before or three days before, whatever it is. And I'll just let you know, you know, Hey man, this is how we're looking for this weekend. Uh, this is what you should expect. Uh, and if you're staying with us, we'll get you checked into the lodge the night before. And, uh, you know, if you're staying somewhere else, we'll give you some recommendations on places to eat uh, a couple places to drink. We might come out and have a, have some food and a beer with you, uh, which I, I always like to do. I feel like it makes it more of an experience rather than you're paying me for a, mm-hmm. a service. I don't, I don't really like that. I like to, to kind of hang out and enjoy. I like to enjoy my time as much as the, the clients like to enjoy theirs. Uh, and 100%. so, you know, we might meet you out the night before and just kind of, you know, pregame with you and, and talk to you about, you know, how it's going and, and what to look forward to and what to expect this, that and the other. And, We'll make sure everything's set at the lodge if you're staying with us, and then we'll give you a link up time, and you be there, and I promise you won't beat me there. Uh, and uh, <laughs> we meet up there and then kind of kind of go from there.. Uh, okay. what uh, uh How early
0: is the? Typically,
1: time we do five fifteen. Uh, so North Texas duck hunting is a little bit different than anywhere else. Uh, it's, it's, it it took me, it took me by surprise when I moved to Texas. Uh, I'm used to being in Illinois and walk in hunting, you know, waking up at 2 AM and getting there and standing in the freezing cold for two hours before sunrise. Uh, -hmm. but North Texas, I mean, when we're hunting in North Texas, a lot of times we're just hunting stock tanks. And so it'll just be a small little body of water, a little pond. And for some unknown Mm -hmm. reason, there'll just be an insane amount of ducks on it and for the life of me i can't figure out why i have no clue uh but they do they just pile up on these little bodies of water and you know if if we're hunting it might change a little bit 5 15 depending on what we're doing but typically we don't need too much time to set up uh that's kind of what i'm getting at so 5 15 is kind okay. of our, our standard link up time okay Okay. What time do you get I there? will be there at five forty or four forty
0: five. Okay. And you're putting out decoys. It sounds like you don't need a huge spread though, if you're honest. No, so
1: typically costs. our link up is in town. So typically yeah, so I don't ah, okay. I don't personally like to have clients meet me at the hole. Uh I, I feel like there's okay. good opportunity to get lost, there's good opportunity to, you know, get stuck or get in some trouble or something like that. I prefer for you to follow me there. So we'll typically, I'll either meet you at the lodge at 5.15 or I'll meet you somewhere in town. If you're staying at a hotel, I'll meet you somewhere in town at 5.15 and we'll kind of, you'll follow me out to the hole. And then, uh, I'll get my waiters on and get down there and kind of get everything set up while the clients are getting ready. And, uh, I'll bring them down, get them all brushed in, get them all hidden. However, we plan on hiding that day and start banging away. Okay. Okay.
0: I mean, that's yeah. okay. I, that It's coming together in my, in my head. I have a, it's different than I expected because I'm in Southeastern Wisconsin. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, th- you know, I'm thinking of the, you know, getting out there real, real early, right. 3am, you know, 4am alarm kind of thing. I mean, I get up early anyway, every day, but still like it's, it's early. Um, and yeah, that's that's definitely it, not what I expect.
1: It's different, uh, but that's part of that's part of what you're paying for is is our access yes. to that land. Uh, hundred mm-hmm. yeah. percent. Our landowners, uh, we we've got a pretty good relationship with all our landowners, and you have to. Uh, that's a, a big level of trust for them to have from us. Uh, there's a lot of honesty and a lot of trust that goes on there, uh, you know they give us a key to their their life's work. You know, hey a lot of these guys are ranchers and they just give us a key or a pin to 10,000 acres worth of fenced ground and hope that we do right by them. Uh, so, sure. so typically that's the, that's kind of what you're paying for is, is our access to, to those limited resources.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and access to you. Yeah, for sure. So right? I mean,
1: typically I, we might get into it if we do, uh, you know go ahead and stop me before i get ahead of myself but uh i i when i run a hunt i'll keep my mouth shut as much as possible uh now if if i do get like a father-son combo or something like that or you know two younger guys or even two older guys maybe just some people that don't know that are unfamiliar with the, the realm of waterfowl hunting and they they i start to kind of pick up on that i will explain everything i do I will explain decoy placement. I will explain brushing blinds. I will explain the way I call. I will explain why I called a shot or why I didn't call a shot. Uh what the dogs do. I I will go through everything. So that way hopefully they're not just paying to come shoot their first duck. I want them to be able to do that by themselves. Mhm.
0: That's that's awesome. I mean
1: you're you're giving back to You this absolutely sport, are and too. I mean hunting in general, but waterfowl hunting especially is a it's a dying it's a dying art. Uh, and it's definitely not a young man's deal. You don't see a lot of, uh, you don't see a lot of kids picking it up like you used to. Uh, I think, I think the more that, Mm -hmm. the more that we can get more people involved, the better, obviously. Mm -hmm.
0: You and I are on the uh, same page with that for sure. That's, um, it's a big, a big passion point for me is trying Mm -hmm. to get more people involved. Um, for sure. All right. Um, Okay, I need to just ask a couple more questions. Though, just about the setup, though. So, uh, how big are these? They birds? could be
1: like they could, We're talking like two, no, more, three. I acres. mean, they could be anywhere from fifty foot across to a sixty foot long to ten acres.
0: Oh.
1: Wow. Okay. Wow. It's, it, I'm telling uh, you, man, it doesn't dang, make any uh, sense. There's no reason for these birds to be there. It's all, it's all like dirt bottom. <laughs> I mean, there's no, there's no food in there. They just show up and they sit there all day. It's, it's insane to me. Uh, Being from Illinois, food's king. Uh, You know, when it gets cold, those birds run to food and in Texas, they'll just be sitting on a pond. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense.
0: (laughs) Okay. It's, it's, I, I'm like, really, I'd like need to, See it just so I can scratch the itch of curiosity here. <laughs> um, how
1: how big of a uh, I've typically typically I don't run more than three dozen on these stock tanks. Uh, I have okay. Two years ago, I the I ran four decoys and we killed a nine man limit. I ran four <laughs> mallard drake decoys. <laughs> I had I started out with twenty four uh started out with 24 decoys and the birds just wouldn't do it wouldn't do it wouldn't do it so at 9 a.m i was like you know what i'm pulling everything and i pulled everything besides four mallard drakes and from we had four ducks down by that point and between 9 and 11 30 we killed a nine man it was Jeez. it was That's insane cool. guy grew up hunting the illinois river over 1100 decoys sometimes these, you know, these permanent blinds and mm-hmm. people spend all these time on, and you're tossing a thousand decoys, fifteen hundred decoys sometimes before the season starts. Letting them sit, and I'm over here killing a nine man of ducks over four decoys. I mean, it's just it takes you back sometimes. You know, you truly, you truly have no clue. I, I might be a, I, you know, I thought I was a really good duck hunter in Illinois, and I showed up to Texas and just had to hand it because I had no clue what I was doing.
0: Yeah, I mean, well it's uh, it goes to show you that you might be really good in, in one area but go somewhere new it really it's a is. whole new ball game you know um, i it's i will make I'll make this this comparison so i do some mm-hmm. i do some like upland guided hunts right at, at a local hunt club um, you know and i might i might know how to guide those and how to wrangle birds and what to look for and this and that um but I want to take a trip out to Iowa and and do a like a weekend hunt in the fall, and um, that's a, that's going to be a, that's a whole different ball game. I expect to get my butt kicked because I've been out there in years. Um, if, you know, um, if, yeah, different region. But, they, but it's different. it's. it's, uh, it's a oh yeah! Absolutely! Absolutely! Yep. Um, uh, okay. All right. That's. That is a cool story. So, um, that leads me that leads me to this though. So, like, if I book a hunt, like, what is the best it can be? Um, you know, shooting a nine man limit over four decoys is sounds mm-hmm. freaking cool. Um, like, you know, how what's the quickest you put <sighs> so, Uh,
1: I'd, I'd say probably a, a quarter after to twenty minutes after shooting light. Uh it it can get pretty nasty pretty quick man uh mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i that the thing is is i've limited out i you know we've shot limits that quick before but those aren't even anywhere close to my best hunts you know i mean i ran a hunt the last weekend of this duck season that was the best hunt i have ever been on in my entire life uh, we had okay uh, how many people do we have? We had 10 clients out there. No, we had 12 clients out there. So there were 12 clients. We didn't kill a limited birds. We killed 60 ducks, uh, which that is nothing to shake your ass. 60 ducks, like that's the most ducks I've ever killed in the hunt, obviously. But it was a pond, yeah. probably yeah. about four acres. No, about three acres, probably about a three-acre pond. But the, the pond had every bit of 3,500 ducks on it the day before when I scouted it. I, I, you couldn't fit another bird on the water. They were landing in the hay, like on the bank uh i i had no clue i mean it was far west oklahoma it was just nothing but mallard's pintail and widgeon too it was uh it was a dream and we sat out there and for the first 20 minutes we didn't fire a shot and that was not and there was no reason i mean the birds we had birds in the decoys we had birds overhead i mean there were birds everywhere uh but i just i got caught up and like lost i just sat there and i was staring at like all these ducks. And then I kind of snapped back into it and was like, Oh man, we got to start killing ducks. And, uh, we sat there until I think about 10, 10 30. And the reason we quit shy of our limit was because my clients ran out of ammo. They did that much shooting. <laughs> <laughs> Your clients, they, they sound like me
0: probably. As I'm I, trying to I shoot actually ducks. gave one
1: of the, I typically bring a gun with me on the hunt, uh, for chasing down cripples. Yep. And, uh, if I'm, if I'm hunting with a group that's kind of struggling on shooting a little bit, and I know we're running out of birds coming into the hole, I'll kind of pluck a couple birds out, uh, you know, as they're leaving the hole or something like that. At no point in time, am I going to steal a shot from you? Uh, but I kind of try to, to help out where I can. And, uh, I had to give one of the clients my gun at one point because he brought an over under that only chambered two and three quarter and nobody had two and three quarter inch shells for him. So I had to give him my gun and let him shoot my gun, uh, and then he went through all my ammo too. <laughs> I, I had to go back to the truck to get to get more of my ammo. That's uh, that's fantastic.
0: It that <laughs> makes me feel better about my lack of shooting prowess as it as it comes to ducks. Um,
1: that's it was. That sounds it looked like it looked like moths around a lamp. Like it was just it. There were birds you couldn't. Um, at any point in time for the first hour and a half, I could have said kill him. Like, at any second, I could have said kill him, and there would have been a duck to shoot. It was that crazy for an hour, hour and a half. Wow. Wow. Um, that sounds
0: amazing. Um, now, okay, that's that's as good a hunt as you've ever been on. How tough can it be, though? Like, what is what is the contrast? And I don't want to, like, paint the picture that, you know, you, you know you're going to have a a really tough hunt, but it it can happen. It can happen. I mean,
1: you know, I, as a waterfowl hunter, I live by don't doubt the scout. Uh, and so if I scout, if I scout a hole and it's got a couple hundred ducks on it and I bring you to it and we don't fire a shot, uh, you know, I, I, I did the best I could, and I'm sorry about it, but I've had days like that. Uh, obviously I've, we've never had a day where we didn't fire a shot, but we've had a day where, you know, we, we bring a good chunk of guys out and kill three or four ducks. Uh, And that always kind of humbles you a little bit. Uh, but I had one of the, I I mean, I just told you, I had the best hunt of my life this last season, but I also had the worst guided hunt of my life this last season as well. Uh, it was a group of regulars, a group of guys that request me by name. It's the group of guys that said that they wanted to hunt with blue. Had no clue who I was a couple of years ago. Uh, we took them out. I think it was, there was six of them, seven of them. There's seven of them. And, uh, I think we killed four ducks. Uh, they actually called the hunt for me. They they were like, Hey man, we're, we're ready to go. I said, all right, let's, let's get out of here. I'm sorry about it. And obviously, uh, we're, we'll, we work with people uh, probably to our own fault a little bit. Uh, but if, if you sure. have a, a busted hunt like that and it truly is, you know, it truly is a, a crappy hunt and, uh, and you you play it cool with us, and you're 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 nice to us. Typically, we're gonna help you out. And we're gonna discount your next hunt. Or we're gonna we're gonna work out some money with you. Uh, we're not here to, sure. to to be sticklers and to stick people on their money and stuff like that. But uh, uh, on on the other hand, if if you get to cussing me about how crappy of a hunt you just had, uh, I'm probably walking with your money. <laughs> sorry don't come back you can get as quick as you can become a regular you can get blacklisted from an outfitter as well i guarantee you every outfitter in this country has got a list of people they won't bring back uh and it's Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a weird thing but it is a customer service job you know it is i mean you've got a handful of customers and they're looking to have a good time and it's on you to make it happen and uh if i'm out there busting my hump for you which i promise you if you hunt with me Uh, if you hunt with me, I'm going to work for you. Uh, you won't touch a decoy. You won't touch a bird, nothing. Uh, I don't, I, I I don't, I Mm -hmm. believe that if you pay good money to hunt with me, uh, I'll, I'll do all the legwork. And, uh, but if I'm out there busting my hump for you, we, we get done with a, with what you feel is a crappy hunt and you let me hear, you let me know about it. Uh, I kind of take that to heart, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Stuff.
0: It's, 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 it's tough. You put a lot of mm-hmm. pride and you put a lot of work into it. And, uh, you know, you're sitting out there, you know, working your butt off and then someone's chirping at you. It's the last thing you want to hear. Yeah. It's not
1: like, it's, it's not like I'm surprised. running you on this hunt and I've got seven guys and four birds and I'm like, man, this is a banger. You know, I mean, I, I know it's crappy. Trust me. I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling the heat. I can feel you staring at me. Uh, I, yeah I, Lou's gonna let me hear about it too, you know. He sits there and stares at me and wonders oh, yeah. what the heck's going on, just as much as the clients do. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, where are my lumpy. birds
0: at? <laughs> I they do they, mm-hmm. man, yeah, they get kind emotional. of kind of backtracking uh, though. That know? kind of
1: ties into uh, something you asked earlier was what to expect to bring, and snacks and a drink is a big one. Uh, <laughs> we have a we have a lot of people that don't bring okay. snacks and a drink. And with me, if, if we don't shoot our birds by eight o'clock, like I'm hanging out, uh, I'm, I'm waiting because I scouted that hole and I know that the birds are coming back there. I might not know when, but I know that they're using that hole uh, and I'm going to be there for it. Uh, so typically, typically if you're hunting mm-hmm. with me, uh, make yourself comfy, hang up your coat, stay a while because I'm, I'm, I'm here to shoot birds. And if, if that doesn't happen by eight or nine o'clock, then. Bring some powdered donuts and a thermos full of coffee because I'd like to sit and BS with you for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, you know, if if I booked
0: that with you, I would definitely <laughs> don't limit out that quick because I, I'd, I'd one of my favorite parts of sitting in a in a blind is. Being able to sip coffee and drink an entire, can, <laughs> entire, basically an entire pot yeah. of myself that I it's have.
1: A, my I'm, I'm more so into the camaraderie at this point than I am killing ducks. Yeah,
0: yeah, yep, yeah. I think that's part of that's part of like the evolution of, of being. One hundred
1: percent. I'm glad um, that I trees. hit that point at uh, kind of a younger age, and I feel like most people do. Uh, because mm-hmm. I mean, truly, I mean that is that's the easiest part to enjoy is, is the company. And, uh, they, there's a lot of times where you aren't going to have a banger of a hunt, but if you can hang out with some good friends and, and meet some new friends, I mean, I've met a lot of good guys, guide nuts. Uh, yeah. you know, I, I've, I've got regulars that have turned into friends and it's just, it's the camaraderie for me is, is my favorite part. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. It's part of what
0: makes it, it's part of what makes hunting hunting and so fun mm-hmm. and so memorable is that camaraderie um, all right last last question on this on this topic here um because we've been we've been rolling for a while here so say i say I shoot my limit um am i cleaning am I cleaning ducks are you cleaning ducks and then if i have if I have a bird I want to put on the wall is there like a tax
1: yeah a, a tax so uh, recommend so you shoot a limit of birds uh okay. I kind of mosey my way into this question a little bit uh, by asking my clients, Hey, do you guys eat ducks? Because you'd be surprised how many people come on guided waterfowl hunts and don't keep their ducks. Uh, So I kind of ask, you know, Hey, do you guys eat ducks? And if they say yes, I'll be like, okay, cool. Uh, You know, I'll meet you guys back at the lodge. I'll breast those out for you. Uh, Sometimes you'll get refused and they'll say, no, man, you're good. You know, we'll clean our own birds. Uh, But I always Mm -hmm. offer, Uh, Mm -hmm. I always offer, uh, just because I do, I do feel like it comes with the experience. Uh, Mm -hmm. and that's another teaching point is Mm -hmm. if, if somebody asks me to clean their birds, I I just kind of, I'm kind of a blunt person. And so I'll kind of just be like, do you know how? And if they kind of get taken back by it, I'll just be like, look, man, you know, I deal with a lot of people and some people don't. And I, I, I'm here to, as much as I am here to put Mm -hmm. you on ducks, I'd kind of like to teach you a thing or two on the way. So if I can help out with that at all, you know, I'd like to. So I all clean ducks if mm-hmm. if that's what my clients want, and if they want to do it themselves, more power to them. Uh, but at no point in time should you be don't feel like don't feel ashamed or anything by asking your guide to clean birds for you because that's part of the hunt uh, from start to finish. That guide's supposed to be there for you. Uh, that's kind of my view on it. Uh, mm-hmm. And then as far as putting a bird on the wall, uh, mm-hmm. we do have a we do have a taxidermist in uh, North Texas that we recommend. And uh, we'll actually keep that bird for you. We'll tag that bird with a little those game tag things. I'm sure I'm sure you've seen. Uh, so we'll tag the bird, which we tag yep. the birds during and after the hunt as well, uh, just to better to keep everything legal. Uh, but we'll keep that tag with that bird, and then we'll take it to our taxidermist for you. Uh, so That's awesome. it, it does and it makes keeps, it easy. It, It it, kind of takes a little bit less off your place. You're not worried. You know, a lot of people are coming in from out of state or different parts of Texas because, believe it or not, uh, you go an hour west of us, and it's the desert. You go an hour east of us, and it's tall, tall pine trees. You go six hours south, and you're at the beach. Uh, So, I mean, it's it's different climates, so people kind of come up there, and they want to adventure and explore. So it kind of takes a little bit off of their plate as well and lets them kind of enjoy their day. Uh, You know, we can kind of take that from you.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm yeah no i think that's i i think that's that's really good because that would be something that i would want to do right i would i would definitely want to put a part on the wall and going through that process being in a foreign place for me it'd probably be you know 15 mm-hmm. 16 hour drive and trying to figure that out so like if you didn't have that type of setup yep, we've got we've expensive. got an old
1: boy about 30 minutes west of uh where we call home and he does incredible work uh he's he's i even though I'm living in Illinois, if I am to shoot a a fat northern mallard up here, uh Pat is the only guy that'll get it
0: okay. that's uh that's good enough for
1: me It's one of those uh, things, man. Them. I believe Excellent. that you get what you pay for uh in most aspects of life mm-hmm. and i've I've found a good one, so there's no mm-hmm. reason in trying to find another good one for for price
0: that makes sense uh makes complete sense to me um all right so i don't have any more questions on guiding we've been rolling for a long time zach what i want to do is what i call rapid fire i'm going to ask you a bunch of questions some i wrote down ahead of time um some i've just been jotting down now as you've been talking first thing that comes to your mind you pop out the answer all right so uh first one is is there a particular brand of duck call that you yes. prefer that you sport?
1: Yes. S2 game calls. S2? Either S2, either okay. S2 game calls or Excellent. elite duck calls. Uh, either one. Both, both companies make great products. Uh, we're on with S2. Uh, they make a great product. They're a great group of guys. Uh, but my elite is always hanging on my lanyard because Brad is an awesome dude.
0: Um, fair enough. Uh, what is,
1: um, your favorite Ooh, way? That's to a good cook one. Duck? Uh, so my favorite way to do it is in the Traeger fin and feather seasoning. So I breast, I take, I just breast the duck okay. and, uh, keep the skin on, keep the skin on the outside, breast the duck and I cover it in, uh, the Traeger fin and feather seasoning. And then I just pan fry it in a cast iron skillet with bacon grease. Okay.
0: All right. That is, is, that sounds amazing. Uh, okay. I'm just jotting notes down because I'm, I, this is, that one's going in somewhere where
1: I'm going <laughs> to And, go and right if you're doing it. goose, you got to do goose pastrami. It's the best thing ever. Goop. Okay. Uh, d- please, uh, please
0: tell me that recipe.
1: That one takes, uh, you got to let take? it brine overnight and then, uh, and then you, you yeah. slow cooker the next day. Uh, but honestly, when I, I found that webs or I found that recipe from a, actually another podcast, the HP Outdoors podcast, uh, I found it from their one of their okay. podcasts. They were talking about, you know, how to cook goose and they were talking about the goose pastrami. And that's the only way I do goose now is pastrami. And it's good enough that I'll eat it cold. It's lunch meat. Okay. Okay. okay
0: i've got some i've got some uh goose (laughs) yeah for sure man i need that recipe all right um okay so how is how is the waterfall hunting in hit or
1: miss uh so we were hot this year for the first 30 days uh for the first 30 days i put it on them uh i had i had a great time uh and then we got a, a good freeze in late november uh, to where we had about an inch and a half, two inches of ice. And, uh, the rest of the birds coming from the North kind of just passed us on up because we didn't have any water for them. And that was about the end of our season. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
0: Okay.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, I understand. We we have way better goose hunting than we (laughs) do duck hunting. Uh, goose hunting. We typically do pretty well just because our power plant lakes keep a lot of water open and let a lot of geese hang around here. Uh, but the ducks really don't want any part of that cold weather and they keep flying south. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So speaking of ducks, all right. And you mentioned that if, you know, you're pretty quiet when you're guiding, unless you have someone who's new to what new into duck hunting, new into goose hunting um, for someone, like if you have someone that hasn't ever shot, you know, a duck or a goose before, and they drop their first bird. Is there a ritual? Is there something that you do? Do you make them go pick it up? Go pick it up themselves? Um,
1: some way to some honestly, way to that uh, I don't really do anything like that. Uh, I, I ensure that that bird is well taken care of, uh, and that, I mean, but I mean, that's about it. Uh, I, I, I make sure that you yeah. get that bird and that you know that bird. And if I've got somebody that's that's hunting with me, and I, if it's their first duck hunt, and they've never killed a bird, and we've got a single come in, I make sure they get the shot on that. Cause I just feel like that adds to that experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something mm-hmm. I, my first duck I killed 20 years ago and I, I, I will never forget. Mm-hmm. I'll just, I'll never forget it. And I, I to, memories like that are just something that if I can provide that for somebody, man, like that's worth more than a paycheck.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, oh, how many decoys
1: funny. do you own? Oh, man. My <laughs> wife's going to hear this, dude. Uh, <laughs> no, is she? Well, you can, <laughs> no, she you is, can uh film, My wife is I mean. honestly the most supportive. Uh, she's incredibly supportive. Uh, we've got a two-year-old son. She hangs out with them all duck season. And just, uh, she really rides it out. She's a trooper. Uh, but decoys, man. I probably own, I've probably got five, six hundred duck decoys. Uh, and I know people are going to hear that and be like, he just said he used four. Uh, but you know, my, my duck hunting in central Illinois, sometimes we draw a blind up on the river and we need a permanent spread. And so, you know, I'll contribute three or 400 duck decoys to that permanent spread to get my name on that piece of paper that lets me hunt it whenever I want. Uh, now, Mm -hmm. as far as my, my decoys that I guide with, I've probably got about six, seven dozen. Uh. Of my everydayers okay. and those are going to be on like my, my good Texas rigs or my good longer lines they're going to be the decoys that I keep in bags that I, I make sure are well taken care of uh, but goose decoys is a completely different beast mm-hmm. I probably own 25-30 dozen mm-hmm. yep <sighs> yeah yeah so, if you do come on a hunt with me, make sure you tip well it's because good. that's what it's all going to. <laughs>
0: that's fair.
1: <laughs> you no, know, they are on, not. Cheap, you can get pro staffed you know. with whoever and on with whoever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They still are a little pricey.
0: That, that, it uh, it's amazing. And you can never have enough yeah. either. You just can't.
1: Um,
0: all right. Uh, just a couple more here. Uh, what is your post-hunt bushlight of choice? <laughs> yeah,
1: my man. Drinking That's all there Spontes. is to it, man. Uh, bush, bush lights. Me and uh, me and uh, there's another guy down there in Texas, and the rest of the guys don't really drink. Uh, but me and me and old Casey Payne, we like to like to sip on a few adult pops after. Uh, after a duck or a goose hunt. That's one ritual I do have is after uh, I bring beers for everybody on the last duck end of the season. Uh, I like to sit on the okay. tailgate and kind of reminisce and kind of kiss it goodbye. Mm-hmm.
0: I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, all right. Last one. Uh, what shotgun are, Arete, ones, are you? A Masai, carrying?
1: Mara. Uh, um, are you familiar with them at all so no uh rete is a it's a turkish made firearm company uh which i I think a lot of people kind of think a lot of people kind of shy away from because I think a lot of lower end shotguns are made in turkey uh but something that not a lot of people know about rete is that uh they actually sold the their uh their super spring system for their inertia drive so when you shoot, when you're shooting a Rete, it's that same super spring system, and uh, they're similar okay. price, uh, but I've just I, as you can imagine, I run my my equipment gets ran really hard. Uh, I, I, hey, I shoot a lot, and uh, I, that that gun never gums up on me, never never fails me, takes takes an absolute beating, and they got some pretty cool color combos, so at the end of the day, <laughs> but, although I have contemplated getting it coated as a twisted tea can, uh, due to recent moments in history, but. Okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> what talking about. <laughs> okay. That's a, that's, I think that's a good spot to stop. Um, as I'm perusing, um, Rete's website yeah. right now looking at shotguns. <laughs> okay. All right, Zach. Um, if people want to get in touch with you, if they want to get in touch with Texas File Outfitters, um, you know, wh- how can they get in touch with you? Uh, social media, um, you know, any contact information you want to give out where people can give, give you a follow or give Texas File Outfitters? Absolutely. Follow, follow.
1: So uh, the outfitter itself, Texas File Outfitters, we're on Facebook and we're on Instagram as well. Uh, Texas, Outfit- Texas Fowl outfitters is a handle on both. Uh, you'll be able to find us there. Uh, contact info is you can either reach out within the pages or you can uh, get on our website and the owner, Tyler's, uh, phone number is on the website, uh, as well as a very ravishing picture of myself. Uh, so you can, you can kind of get on there and feel me out too. Uh, or if you see one of our guides kind of posting around or, uh, you find one of us on Instagram, uh, feel free to reach out to us and we can get you, get you all squared away too. Uh, But for personal contact info, I'm on Instagram as uh, Zach Weaver five, Z-A-C-K Weaver five and uh, put some nice pictures of my dogs. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Uh, If you like Fox, if you like handsome, handsome (laughs) Fox red labs, you should definitely be giving uh, Zach a follow (laughs) (laughs) or you should give him a Yeah, or just give him a follow just so you can, uh, uh, you know, ask him questions when you're looking to book your next guide. You can
1: experience the next duck season with me via my Instagram
0: story. It's a trip. Bingo. Exactly, exactly. So, all right, Zach, I won't take up any more of your time tonight. Um, Really appreciate you jumping on here. You you gave me a lot of um, action. items, a lot of to-dos here. Um, Really appreciate all the information that you provided. Um, and I'm sure that uh, we'll be talking again absolutely man
1: I appreciate you having me on Uh, for everybody out there don't forget to tip your guides
0: that's it for this week's episode if you found value in the content or enjoyed the conversation I have a few favors to ask first hit that subscribe button second share this podcast with another gun dog owner those two things uh, would mean the world to me and they hope Hopefully it won't take you more than 30 seconds. Last thing is if you have another 30 seconds, go ahead and leave a review. Your feedback is important. And it's what drives this podcast uh, so that I can make changes and improve it going forward.